Welcome to another inspirational message by Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor at Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Beaumont, Texas. For more information about Church on the Rock and Ron Hammonds Ministries, visit cotr.com. All right. You can open up your Bibles if you want to get ahead. We're going to be going to the book of Daniel, okay, to the book of Daniel. While you're turning to the book of Daniel, I'm going to read something out of the book of Isaiah that's going to set us up, okay? We're going to be going to Daniel, but you're going to uh, 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 let me read something out of Isaiah. It's a prophecy. Now, Isaiah was a prophet that prophesied most likely longer than any other prophet. He lived about 750 years before Christ. And uh, he prophesied all the way uh, from 750, when you do BC, you count down, you know, then you start counting up to 2018. But he prophesied from about 750 all the way to about 690 or 95 or so. He, he, he prophesied a long time. You know, some folks imagine 60, 64 years or so. Man, and he was a prophet that told us about Jesus. His prophecies are so amazing. I mean, and some of them just still speak to us about things we have not yet seen and just, 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 just amazing. And in, in, in Isaiah... The 43rd chapter, while you're finding Daniel, look what the prophet said. And, and uh, you know, just, just amazing. He said, but now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel. Listen to what he said. Fear not. <laughs> look at somebody and say, don't be afraid. You know, there, there, there's no reason to be afraid. Fear and worry they will not change anything except how you feel, okay? And sometimes how we feel can open up the doors of our life to make other people feel afraid, okay? Fear not, he said, for I have redeemed thee. <laughs> That's why we don't have to be afraid. It's because we have been purchased. We've been bought. We've been redeemed. We have been saved, I have called thee by my name, he said. Thou art mine. Oh, eh, amazing. I love this. I memorized it in the King James Version about 1980. And so that's why I'm doing it from King James, because if not, I'd have to read it. He said, listen, I have called you by my, I've given you my name. Man, the name of the Lord is a strong and a mighty tower. The Bible says those who run into it, they are safe. You can run into the name of Jesus. You can run into it. I have called you. You are mine. Okay? Uh, I love that. He continued to say, when you pass, when thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. <laughs> I'm so glad. Even in Hurricane Harvey, he was with us. Amen? When we pass through the Now, this is the prophet Isaiah. He's prophesying about something that is coming. These prophecies are like a blanket that is thrown over the earth. And it's also like blankets also that are thrown over some generations, over some circumstances, over some situations. But there are two great fulfillments for every prophecy. 
One fulfillment we can look to as a specific moment in which that was fulfilled. We can claim the prophecies and we can see them come to pass in our lives, but we can see where each prophecy was particularly fulfilled. Jesus said it had to be this way, okay? He even told John the Baptist when John the Baptist was going to, you know, John the Baptist said, well, I, I don't want to baptize you. I'm not worthy. Jesus said, suffer it to be so because every word of God, everything God has said has to have a specific fulfillment. And then there's a great fulfillment. The second fulfillment of every prophecy. One is specific and one is eternal. There's an eternal fulfillment of God's word. So here the prophet Isaiah is speaking by the anointing of the Holy Spirit. For when thou passest through the waters, you know, he said, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. And when thou passest through the fire, there thou shalt not be burned. Neither shall the flame kindle upon thee, for I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel. I am your Savior. Man, what a deal. What a package. These are words, the Word of God, that we can claim in our lives, that we can hold on to in certain situations, that can be dynamic to us and special to us. These are words that, that we stand on. But these are also words that we watch for them to be fulfilled in moments and for us also to see an ultimate fulfilling of these prophecies. Well, Isaiah prophesied this. He started prophesying about 750 probably, 748 maybe. And he prophesied for a lot of years. It was probably around maybe 725, we can imagine. 725 years B.C., perhaps, whenever Isaiah prophesied this. The Spirit of the Lord came upon him, and he just said, Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine, and when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. And when you pass through the fire, you shall not be burned. Neither shall the flame even kindle upon you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel. I am your Savior. Man, what a promise to hold on to. About a hundred years after Isaiah prophesied this, maybe 125 years, right in there somewhere, about a hundred years, a young man was born in Israel from the tribe of Judah, there around Jerusalem. This young man was born to well-to-do parents. People who were in the respectable leadership thought to be leaders in Israel, in the tribe of Judah, around Jerusalem. Important people so that when their son became of age to start being educated, he was educated along with some of the other 
what we might call upper crust or religious leaders or political leaders of that people living around Jerusalem, they were all educated because they were on a career path from an early age. They were put on a career path so that they would become the future replacement leaders of the religious circles and the, and the leaders of the political circles of the next generation in Israel. This young man's name, who was born about 100 years after this prophecy, his name was Daniel. Daniel was educated, hoping that he would stand as a wise leader for a future generation, along with some other friends. And when Daniel was probably about 12, 14, 16 maybe, the king of Israel, the king of Judah, named Jehoiakim, he made King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon angry. And King Nebuchadnezzar came from Babylon with his army and he laid siege to Jerusalem. And there, King Nebuchadnezzar defeated Israel. And he went into the temple of God, King Nebuchadnezzar did, and he got some of the things, some of the uh, instruments of worship and some of the things that they used to worship Jehovah, and he took it with him back to Babylon. But also, he gave orders. King Nebuchadnezzar said, I want you to look around Jerusalem and I want you to find me some young men who are smart, who are intelligent, who are good looking, who are strong, who are wise, who know, uh, you know, uh, uh, who are very educated. And I want you to bring them uh, with us and take them to Babylon so that we can not only have all of our Babylonian magicians and all of our Babylonian counselors and all of our Babylonian wise men, but we can also have those from among the Jews to stand with us and to kind of, you know, make us smarter and wiser and, and then see what perspectives they will bring and what they can add to the Babylonian empire. And so Daniel, a young man, just a teenager, was taken along with some of his friends. Three of them you know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they were all taken to Babylon. You can read about it in chapter one and chapter two of Daniel. What an interesting account here. They find themselves as captives in Babylon. They find themselves really being taken well care of. I mean, uh, over and over, uh, they, they, they prove that, that, that they are, the Bible says, 10 times more wise than the Babylonian counselors and astrologers and, and soothsayers. That's what the Bible says, 10 times. You know, I went through it again this morning, 10 times. King Nebuchadnezzar, every time King Nebuchadnezzar would get all the people together, he would find that Daniel and Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego, they, were, they offered so much greater wisdom and more perspective. And it was just, uh, it was, he said, uh, the, the Bible says that King Nebuchadnezzar counted them and saw that they were 10 times wiser than all of his other men. Well, 
In fact, so much so that he dreamed a dream. King Nebuchadnezzar dreamed a dream uh, one day and it really troubled him and, and, and he forgot what the dream was. And so King Nebuchadnezzar said, listen, I want to bring all my wise men in here and all of my counselors and all the magicians and all of these uh, you know, spiritual people, gather them around here. He said, now listen, I dreamed a dream last night and it really bothered me. And I want all of you to, to interpret this dream for me. But first, you have to tell me what I dreamed. And they said, hold on. Nowhere can anyone tell you what you dreamed. You give us the dream and we'll give you the interpretation. He said, that sounds to me like y'all are just trying to make stuff up. I'm paraphrasing that, but that's what he said. He said, I'm going to tell you what, if you can't tell me what I dreamed, why should I believe the interpretation? And if you can't tell me what I dreamed, I'm going to kill every one of you. I'm going to have you all killed because it's all just a, you know, just a show, smoke and mirrors. And they said, King, no one, anywhere. No king has ever asked this of anybody because nobody can do it. Only a God could do that. Or the gods, they said. He said, fine, you can't do it. Army, start slaughtering them all, kill them all. I mean, they're starting in to kill them. Daniel said, whoa, wait, 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 wait. Daniel said, hold on a second. Listen, I tell you what, I serve a God that can tell you what you dreamed and tell you what it means. King said, go for it. So sure enough, Jehovah Almighty gave Daniel wisdom and knowledge to know what the king dreamed. And he told the king, this is what you dreamed. Da, 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 da. And this is what it means. Da, 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 da. And the king said, whoa, you're right. That's amazing. And listen, you're going to be my head counselor. You sit in the gate here. You sit in the doors. You sit in the place where everybody that comes to see me has to come past you. And, and, and Daniel said, well, listen, let me tell you something. You know, that's wonderful. But could my three buddies get promoted as well? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Could you make them important as well? And king said, sure, I will set them over the province. And I'll I'll make them leaders and officials in the province. And so Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego became leaders over the province of Babylon and Daniel set in the gate of the king. Thus concludes chapter two. Oh, actually, maybe chapter one. So in the process of time, now, by the way, do you know you can be convinced and not converted? King Nebuchadnezzar was convinced that Daniel's God was God, but he wasn't converted. Oh. So here, Nebuchadnezzar is doing so well. He decides one day he's going to make a statue. He's going to make this big golden image. And so he had this statue commissioned. It was 90 feet tall and nine feet wide and it was gold. And he set it up in the kingdom there at Babylon and he said, whoa, look at that. I mean, it was, it was for his own glory. And what he said was, is I tell you what, everybody's gonna worship this statue that I've put up. Everybody's gonna bring glory to me. I mean, it's made of gold. It's to my glory. 
and we're going to make it a God. Thus saith King Nebuchadnezzar, that's your God. And in order to prove that you are committed, you're going to have to bow down and worship it. Every time you hear the sound of music, you bow down and worship it. He said, now here's the penalty for not worshiping that God, for not bringing glory to me. Here is the, 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 uh, here's what's going to happen to you. Here's the results of you not worshiping that God. I'm going to throw you all in the fiery furnace if you don't. So boy, they all got together and man, music started and everybody went down. Everybody except Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were out in the province where the statue was and it was noticeable. There was kind of an anti-Semitic flavor in Babylon anyway. So it was quite evident, the Bible says, that these Jews were still standing up. Well, that didn't set too well with people. They came and told the king. They said, king, do you know what? You gave a decree that everyone had to worship this image of gold. Everyone had to worship the gold. Everyone had to worship your glory. Everyone had to worship this God. And if they didn't, you would throw them in the fiery furnace. He said, yep. They said, well, there are three Jews out here, three of these Hebrew children out here that are refusing. They are officials. They are your officials and they're refusing to bow down. And King said, what? He got enraged. He got angry. He said, bring them over here. So they went and they got, well, let's, let's begin reading, okay? This brings us up to chapter three, about verse oh, 13. Daniel chapter three, verse 13. Are you with me? You know where we are? Okay. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in rage and fury, gave the command to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the gold image I have set up? Are, are you telling me you're not going to, to, to do what I say and worship this false god that I have set up? Is, is this what you're saying? Verse 15, this is what the king said to them. Now, if you are ready at the time you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the harp, the lyre, the psaltery, the, the symphony with all kinds of music, and you fall down. Now, 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 are you ready? I'm going to give you another shot. I'm going to give you another chance. Okay, you ready? Now, at the time that you hear the sound of these instruments, now here's your second chance. You know, these men were wise. He didn't want to let go of them. He didn't want to kill them. He said, but, but are you ready now? If you're ready, if you're ready now, maybe it was just a mistake before. Maybe you were busy. Maybe you were talking. Maybe you were texting. I don't know what it was, but something <laughs> had your attention. But if you're ready at the, at, 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 at the sound of the music, okay, and you fall down and you worship the image which I've made, good. It'll all be forgotten. Forget it, Okay. We'll move on from here. Everything will be good. If you'll just give up and give in, everything will be good. Boy, have you ever heard anything like that? If you'll just give up, everything will be okay. If you'll just give in, if you'll just go along, it'll be okay. We'll get off your case. We'll stop threatening you. All you have to do is just compromise here. Ooh. Hmm. 
That's the devil. But if you do not worship, and there's all, if you'll just wait just a moment and don't say I'll give in, they'll, then, then they'll start with the threats. But if you do not worship, you shall be cast immediately into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? <laughs> the same God that told you what you dreamed, by the way. But he was convinced there was a God, but he was not converted. He didn't know that he was prophesying here. Who is the God that will deliver you from my hands? Well, his name is Jehovah. Verse 16, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, I know I don't, it's Nebuchadnezzar, but I'm saying Nebuchadnezzar if you don't mind because that's the way I learned it as a little boy, okay? Uh, so, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. We, know, we can just stand here if we want to. There's no need to here to argue or fuss or debate with you. Listen, verse 17, if that, if that is the case, if it's the case, if in fact you decide you're going to throw us in the fiery furnace, if that's the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. Now, I love what they say here. You got to read it just like it's written to understand it. Isn't it amazing? If you just read it, listen, our God is able to deliver us from that burning fiery furnace. But let me tell you something for sure will happen today. We're going to be delivered from your hand. It's not up to you, king. You don't get to decide our destiny. It's not up to anything else. It's up to our God. And you're not going to be the one that decides what happens here today. That's in God's hands. Verse 18, but if not, now our God is able to deliver us from this fiery furnace, but if he chooses not to, now, king, you say you're going to throw us in that furnace? Well, if that's so, we're not going to bow down. But even if you decide to be nice to us, we're still not bowing down. Whether it happens or doesn't happen, whether we get delivered or not delivered, let me tell you something. Let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. I do love the faith and the perspective of these boys. They are locked on to one thing. They are locked on to their eternal relationship with Almighty God, and they understand He is able to deliver them, but you know that's not the biggest thing on their plate. The biggest thing on their plate is whether they're going to bow or not. The biggest thing on their plate is whether they're going to acquiesce to the threats or not, because them facing God doesn't scare them when they've been right with God, and they just don't want to disappoint Almighty God. I love how they're talking here. If you threaten to kill us and follow through with your threats, we're not going to bow down or worship your God, your gold, or your glory. But even if you don't, even if you don't follow through with your threats, even if the Lord does not rescue us in a way that you can see, we'll be out of your hands today, and we're still not going to worship your gold, your glory, or your gods. Now, these men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they had been raised from little boys in a school that took place in the temple. They had learned to read from reading the Torah. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. That's what they learned to read with. 
Okay? They learned, it was a scroll. That's what they learned to read with. Okay? They had learned and memorized the prophets. These were the most well-educated young men in all the land of Judea. They had known the Psalms and the prophets and, and they knew, they understood. They weren't just talking about a God they didn't know. They weren't just talking about a God that they didn't understand. They weren't just talking about a God that they didn't uh, uh, believe. Here, whenever he said, we're going to throw you in the burning, fiery furnace, I can well imagine that the word of God that was turning in their hearts, in their minds, in their lives was, fear not. For I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine. And when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. And when you pass through the fire, you will not be burned. Neither will the flame kindle upon you. For I am the Lord your God. I am the Holy One of Israel. I am your Savior. <laughs> and so here's the one they didn't want to upset they knew this word no doubt they were claiming this word it was already a hundred year old prophecy and so they knew what God was capable of that's what they said our God is able Boy, how many times have we said that? We know what God is able to do. We know that God can do anything. Nothing is too hard for the Lord. We know what they knew. Our God is able. He's able to fix this. He's able to change that. He's able. They did not know what he would do. They knew what he could do, but they did not know what he would do. They said, well, if he does this, or if he doesn't, <laughs> he can deliver us. But the one thing's for sure, it's not in your hands. It's in God's hands. They knew what God was able to do. They did not know what he would do, but they knew what they were going to do. And that's where they shined. My God is able. I cannot tell you what he will do, but I can tell you what I'm going to do. I'm not going to bow. I'm not going to bend. And I'm not going to burn. <laughs> My God will deliver me this day. Come hell or high water. I just thought about that. That's pretty funny, isn't it? You get that? The rivers or the, or the, or the fire? Okay. Maybe that's where that came from. The book of Hezekiah, third chapter, verse six, come hell or high water. <laughs> they weren't going to trade their eternity or their relationship with God for this world's gold, for this world's glory, or to serve the false gods of this world. Verse 19, 
Then Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury and the expression on his face changed towards Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He spoke and commanded that they heat the furnace seven times more than it was usually heated. And he commanded certain mighty men of valor who were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats their trousers, their turbans, and their outer garments. They were like wrapped up, you know, all their clothes on, their turbans, their, 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 everything. Wrapped them up in their coats and tied them around like you tie up some Christmas turkey. And it says, and they were cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's command was urgent and the furnace exceedingly hot, the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Those soldiers, one version calls them valiant soldiers that went and, 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 and bound them. And when they took them up to throw them in, the fire was so hot, it, 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 it jumped out, it killed them. Verse 23. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Verse 24. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished and he rose in haste and spoke saying to his counselors, did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said to the king, true, O king. Verse 25. Look, he answered, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire and they are not hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. My, 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 my. Come on, what would you say? Glory. <laughs> Glory. Now, we know that Nebuchadnezzar did, did not understand the form of Jesus. We can read this as Jesus. Let me tell you exactly, and, 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 and it was, I believe, but let me tell you what he what he said if we were to exegete it. He was saying that the fourth one looks as though that he has the countenance and the image. We would recognize him as one of the sons of the gods, as, 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 as one that is not mortal, as one that is immortal here. I love the translators just going ahead and saying, it's Jesus. Because that's what he saw. He saw Jesus walking in the midst of the fire and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego loosed from their bonds. Verse 27. Well, let's, uh, verse 26. Then Nebuchadnezzar went near the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and spoke saying, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the most high God, come out and come here. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the midst of the fire and the satraps, administrators, governors, and king's counselors gathered together and they saw these men on whose body the fire had no power. The hair of their head was not singed, nor were their garments affected, and the smell of fire was not on them. My, 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 my. Glory! Let me tell you, this amazing moment was a specific 
purpose-filled fulfillment of the prophet Isaiah. No doubt these young men had gotten a hold of this word from God and it became their source of encouragement. It became their source of strength. It became their realization that they served a God that was beyond the confines of this mortal existence and their one goal, even though they knew he was able, but they did not know what he would do. Their one goal was not to displease him in anything that they did. And so there, they yielded up their lives to him and said for certain and for sure God is my savior my redeemer the holy one of Israel and you might can put me in the fire but you can't burn me you might can cause other people to imagine that I am I'm, I'm, I'm gone but let me tell you I am with almighty God you see God is a God who fulfills his word he will never leave you he will never forsake you he will never leave you in the fire alone. God will not leave our brother Raymond in the fire alone. He will not leave your friends in the fire alone. He will not leave one of his children to suffer the threats of the enemies of death. Of the enemies and death. When this world wants you to bow down to their gold, don't. When they want you to give them the glory that belongs to Almighty God, don't. When they tell you that there is no God that can help you, don't go believe in that. Wasn't too many years ago, I sat down, well, it was about 25 years ago, I guess. I sat in our office down here, down at our building on Peterson. The red carpet in the office that I occupied upstairs was all wrinkled. And you remember that, Cindy? It was, that, was a, that was an old, cold building. Yeah. I sat down there in that office and five men, some from Chicago, some from Houston, four men and a lady, came to sit in that office to tell me that we had to give them this land. I'll go ahead and say it. We didn't say we wouldn't say it. It happened to be at that time Amoco Pipeline. They were threatening, threatening us that they were not going to allow us to have a church on this property. They said, no, you can't have a church on this property. And they went on and on and on and, and they threatened us and they sent these, these attorneys from Chicago and, and then sat down. One of them was a Baptist preacher. He came down and talked about how he was a Baptist preacher. And then he said, I, I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I'm an attorney for Amico and you're going to have to give up that property. You're not going to build there. That, was the, that, that property is restricted for use. I said, uh, well, we don't, we don't fall under the restrictions. It was restricted from commercial use. Use, and it was zoned commercial. And they said, no, it's restricted to industrial use. I said, no, it's not. I read the covenant. It is restricted from commercial use. And we are not commercial and we are not industrial and we can sit right there. They said, you won't do it. You'll never do it. 
They said, we will allow you to borrow money and build that church and, and tell your congregation that, that, that all the wonderful things will allow you to dream and will allow you to build. But the day that you start to occupy, we will padlock that. We will file through our common carrier status and we will condemn that piece of property for use from the, from the, uh, the off, offloading right across to our tanks. We will own it for pennies and we will ruin you, and we will bury you, and we will bury this church. These five people sitting in my office. I said, I don't think so. I don't think so. They said, sign these papers and sell us this land. They wanted to buy it for nothing. Which we bought it for nothing because it was dead. They said there was a pumping station supposed to go there. We never would have sold it, but another oil company in Silsby had purchased it to put a pumping station here. And they found out that they, that they didn't want to expend the money. And they said, that's our property. We own it. I said, no. They threatened us every way that you could for two years. Sitting in that office one day, they made a strong demand with strong threats. And I just said, no, we're going to go ahead and build a church there. And I remember one of them stood up and he got very angry. And he said this, evidently you don't know who we are. We are Amoco Pipeline. You are just a little church. You're nothing. We own you. I said, no. No. Well, do you know what? Amoco Pipeline doesn't exist anymore. And here we are. Hmm. Huh. And I kept my credibility. And they didn't padlock the church. You see, when somebody tells you that they're bigger than your God, when some situation or circumstance wants you to believe that they own you, they control you, that you have to bend to their gold or their glory or their gods, you don't. You know, I knew what God was able to do. Now, I'm going to tell you, I did know, not know what he would do. But I knew what I was going to do. I wasn't bowing, I wasn't bending, and I wasn't going to burn. What could they do to me? Take my birthday away? If they can't make a bushel of carrots out of you, what can they do? No. You may face things in life that tell you that your God is not able. Let me tell you, he is able. And he will do what he wants to do. But so will I. I will do what he wants me to do as well. And so should you. When you know that your God is able, 
and you just don't know what he's going to do, you can still decide what you're going to do. Do not forsake the word of God and do not lose your faith over a few threats of death. <laughs> What's the worst thing somebody could do? Send me to be with Jesus? Come on. Hello? Glory! Yeah. All right. Won't you stand to your feet? Here's what I want you to do. I want you to realize that in your future that your God is able to deliver you from every trouble, from every hole, from every worry, every anxiety, every situation. He is able. And you should do what Philippians 4, 6 says. You should not worry about anything, but you should pray about everything. You should tell God what you want and you should thank him for everything that he does. That's what we do.